Hello everyone. Thank you so much for joining another episode of From Passion to Paycheck. Today we have a very special guest uh, joining us for the show. Uh, she is Shamine Wong, is the co-founder of Cult Creative. So Cult Creative is a network platform that matches creatives and also employers through data technology. And Shamin was also nominated uh, in Prestige Malaysia Top 40 Under 40 list for 2022 of the most successful, innovative and influential young people. So I'm super, super honored to have you today, Shamin. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much, Shalini, for having me and having Cult Creative. Yes, um, thank you so much for you know accepting uh, you know our 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 invitation in a very short notice. Please tell us briefly about yourself. I mean, you have done a lot of things before. So please tell us, like you know, what were you doing before? Where you graduated from, maybe, and then what were you doing before, and you know what you do now. Okay, Ken. So my name is Shemaine. I am the CEO and co-founder of Cult Creative. Uh, I graduated in RMIT, majoring in PR. I've started my career in a few boutique PR agencies. Uh, I then realized that, okay, uh, I didn't like PR. I didn't like talking to media. I didn't like writing. So I thought, okay, I'll try out something new. And that's when I worked in Harper's Bazaar uh, as their sales manager for three years. Uh, not going to lie, I was burnt out. Um, that last time, the working environment wasn't very positive but you know we persevered right um, but I, I realized that I wanted to start my own thing and then I started Tish Events uh, it's an event agency and uh, alhamdulillah a lot of my clients from Harper's Bazaar actually uh, supported me uh, at Tish uh, we did it for five years uh, but the pandemic happened uh, and then of course the event industry was one of the hardest industries that was affected I had to close my company down and I had to retrench a team of 15 people but a lot of the freelancers there lost work as well. So that was when we started Cult Creative and it, it actually just started as an initiative to support the creative industry uh, through, you know, shining light on like up and coming creatives, uh, small businesses. And I was speaking to a lot of creative leaders like yourself, you know, on how they were, you know, innovating and pivoting through the new normal. And then um, fast forward today, uh, we are now a professional networking site uh, for creative professionals in Malaysia and also Southeast Asia, where we connect them to job opportunities and also networking opportunities. Um, that's my professional life. Uh, I'm also a mother of three uh, young boys. Uh, they are one, two, and three years old. So Cup Creative is my fourth baby. Uh, so yeah, I have, I'm running four babies. Um, <laughs> another fun fact about me is uh, if you know uh, 16 personalities, I am an INTJ. Um, it's actually a very rare uh, female personality. And I found out that it's a 0.5% uh, percentage of the population in the world. So I guess that's my superpower being very um, unique and quirky. So I guess, yeah, that's me. I think it's really super power to be managing four babies at the same time. I have one baby and another one, of course, my business too. And, you know, I can say that that's, even that is something that sometimes I couldn't cope. Yeah. You're doing what you're doing. I think it's truly inspiring for many women out there. So now for Cut Creative, right? So mm -hmm. it's actually a professional networking platform which connects the creatives around yep. uh, Malaysian age, Southeast Asia, and for job uh, opportunities. Is that right? That's right. Um, okay. I just want to, yes. So, and it started during the pandemic. 
Yes, it started during the pandemic. Uh, it all first started through an Instagram account uh, and we were talking to, we were just shining light on a, a lot of creators, but also talking to them on what they needed. And we found that creatives don't feel seen and valued in a lot of other platforms like LinkedIn. Uh, so we realized that actually they were struggling to find work uh, through all these other platforms. So long story short, we just decided, okay, let's just try to build this thing ourselves. We built the first version uh, my three co-founders, uh, three of us are female as well and non-tech people, uh, but we decided to dive into it and say, okay, let's figure this out. Uh, we built it on Wix, uh, also a, a very basic website and on a no-code app. Uh, but from then, we actually garnered quite a lot of uh, attention and users. Uh, and after that, we got a bit of funding through a round of friends and family. And that helped build the app that you see right now. So from then on, actually we grew and, but really listening to our users on what they want, you know, previously in the pandemic, they actually wanted to learn a lot. But from the data, we actually realized that a lot of them were still unemployed and actually struggled to find meaningful work. So that's why now uh, the platform is focused on providing opportunities at work and but also networking opportunities because we realized that a lot of young creatives uh, and even older creatives want to collaborate with one another okay so it's 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 not a freelancing platform it's more like an employ employment platform right for employment uh, I think you can think of us like the LinkedIn for creative people. Oh, LinkedIn for the creative people, okay. So if you see the app, you see a feed page where uh, creatives are sharing their work in progress. They're, sh they're asking for advice from their peers. You know, my client is not paying me on time. What do I do? You know, and, and you actually see that the community comes together to empower each other. We also have a connection page where people can find uh, other uh, creatives in different industries, for example, Shalini, if you're going down to Penang and you need to do a shoot, you can actually type photographer Penang and you can find somebody there. Uh, you can. There's also a job board that's very focused for creative jobs, which you don't see a lot on LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs are very uh, catered to white like professionals. professionals. Exactly. And the, the best part about Cop Creative is we have the profile feature where it tags all your important uh, links like Behance, Instagram, YouTube. So it makes it easier and it also makes it consistent for employers to vet and also other creatives to see your profile in an easy way. I think that's great because I mean now with the way we are moving in, there are more and more people looking for freelancers, someone who could virtually contribute to them, uh, work for their companies and your platform is, is exactly what I think they are looking for. Uh, you know, in order to contribute to their creative works and also, you know, something that comes up based on projects and all that. So I don't think so we have such platform in Malaysia yet. And so you coming up with this is really, I think, uh, um, filling up the gap that we have there for the creative. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Now, when you start this during the pandemic, I'm sure you have had challenges that you face. Yes. So what's the what, what are the challenges that you face and how did you overcome it? I think when uh, one of the biggest challenge was, uh, this is our first tech uh, company, right? Previously, my partners and I were always from the creative industry. We worked with brands, uh, we're from the marketing industry. So things were very traditional. So I think when we were in tech, we realized that, okay, we actually need to fundraise. Fundraising is something completely new to us. Um, so when I was uh, fundraising, it was very challenging because number one, it's a, very, it's a bear market. People are not investing as much. 
furthermore, why do you want to invest in creative people, right? So I think uh, I, I was speaking to another female uh, early stage founder and she told me like, Shemaine, I pitched to 70 people. So let that be a benchmark for you. And you know what? I calculated the number of pitches I did. I have done over 80 pitches uh, to VCs, angel investors, competitions, anywhere I get invited to. I'll just put myself there just to, just to test out, just to um, just put our name out there. I got so many no's, so many no's, but actually from the no's, I realized that, okay, there must be hidden yeses. So I'm very uh, type A also. So I decided to put all these no's uh, with the reasons into an Excel sheet. Uh, I started tracking them and then I started highlighting the, the reasons why people say no. And I, re I realized that when I did that, there was a pattern. Uh, there was also like, okay, if people say no, that means there's an opportunity to learn there. Uh, and then I realized that, okay, these are the gaps that I need to work on. And then from then I improved my confidence. Okay, so every time I go into pitch, I know these are the questions they're going to tackle me with. So I quickly like, okay, don't worry, I've got the answer. So actually through tracking from all my no's, I, I found my yes. And ultimately after 18 no's, I finally got, you just need one yes, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, I finally got my yes. And um, the good news that came out from this failure is that we managed to raise a 1.13 million ringgit for a creative professional networking app uh, from pre-seed and also government grants. So I'm very happy to say that, you know, we're not only supported by investors, but also government has supported our initiative as well. Well, congratulations. And I really like the way you, you tackle the no's to the yes, because... Um, I think it's not just looking at the problems, but how do you eventually find the solutions for a problem, right? And like yes. you said, if the VCs are saying something, if they're saying no to something, there must be a reason for it. And you, know, you found a way to actually, you know, come up with a better solution for that. So kudos to you and also your team. And now, uh, since I'm sure raising that 1 million class mm. uh, through the seed funding is one of your biggest achievements, right? Mm. Now, apart from that, what would you say that the biggest achievement so far uh, while you're run running the cut creative could be something about business or off business? I think uh, one of the biggest achievements is having the, the cult team, you know, uh, they really embody all the values of the cult. You know, when we started cult creative, we wanted the the community to be curious, collaborative, uh, empowering connections, collaborations. And I realized that it, it actually starts from your team. And I feel like your team is actually your first brand ambassadors. So it's not about going out there, finding customers that believe in your brand. You need to find the right team that will shout about your brand. And, and that's actually one of our biggest achievements. So I, I think, I guess your team is what you're proud of currently. Yeah. The yeah, way that they're committed and also making sure that you're moving forward and raising at the same time. So I think having a great team is definitely, is a, is a, is a, I think the most important asset any company can have, especially when it comes to startup, right? It's the essence. Um, yes. And, and moving on, right? So in terms of marketing and branding, right? What's like one thing that worked for your business that, you know, do you think that really elevated your brand to the next level? Okay. I think really staying true to the intention of the cult and the objective. Uh, I think when we were we started in the pandemic, we were we stayed true to like, you know, we're here to empower creatives, give them freedom to have a voice, to be expressive, to also 
have flexibility to work wherever they want and um, have financial freedom. I think when we kind of set the pillars, you know, that these are the manifesto of the cult. And I think it also in the end manifested in all the content that we did, the way we spoke to our users, the way we speak to our employers and how we want to champion the future of work. So I think what's important for brands is to actually be very clear and specific on the intention of the brand. Who is your audience? Uh, be very clear on the, the type of persona. We, we're so nitty gritty to like understanding not just the demographic, but where do your user persona hang out? Can I identify them when I walk on Mid Valley? This is a cult creative uh, super fan. So I think we really have to go down to the fundamentals. Uh, and I think from there, then you can craft out a strategy and tactics and, and that will actually come out quite easily. Yeah, so having fundamentals is very important. How is the awareness, and like how are you creating the awareness among the freelancers, like, um, you know, in, in, create, in the creative, uh, I, would just, I wouldn't say just freelancers, but anyone in the creative industry, right? how are you creating the awareness about your app or generally how they can contribute to the growth? Okay, so when we first started, obviously there's no marketing budget, uh, mm -hmm. everything is super organic. We actually, uh, use Instagram a lot. Instagram has been a great uh, top funnel for us. We also work with existing communities like Rio. Um, also, universities have been a great pool for us. So I think working with uh, syner synergetic partnerships, you know, uh, we also worked with uh, that time General Assembly uh, because they were doing a lot of uh, UI UX courses. So we work with them and say, hey, um, you have a lot of UI UX graduates, let us help you match them to jobs. So actually working with partners that also are aligned with that same uh, objectives. Right, uh, right. This is a great one. Uh, thanks for sharing to me. Um, now, when you're running your business right now, currently, uh, do you look up to someone as a mentor? Or if you have one like uh, that's guiding you from the past few years? Okay, this one, I must say, I'm very grateful for my husband. He is very patient. Uh, being an, having an entrepreneur wife is not easy. I'm sure you know that <laughs> because all you talk about is work. Yes. Um, but uh, my husband has been a very good soundboard. Uh, he gives me really real advice when I need to. He, he wakes me up and tells me, hey, don't be you know, too up in yourself. Have to always be humble. Um, so I think he has been a tremendous support. I also feel like um, having mentors is a, a real under like people like don't people need to put a lot of importance in mentors and and it actually starts with building your network from the earliest of your career and I realized that my mentors come in different shapes and forms like Mark Cuban is my mentor <laughs> like you know podcast is my mentor like you know podcasts uh, books but my mentors actually some are really old and some are like my peers. And I realized that they're like uh, super cards, right? Where you collect them, uh, you use them in different ways. Some people are good for my financial support. Some are good in tech. I have a few people that actually talk to me about motherhood. And I, real I realized that motherhood is actually a whole different ballgame that I don't know. And I need mentors in that as well. So I think people need to collect different mentors in throughout their, their work life. I think what you're saying here is that you're just a very good listener because you're open to listening and also open to accepting people's uh, advice towards you, right? Because like you say, there's so many aspects in our life and we are all learning and different people have 
you know, just different kind of uh, expertise within them. And unknowingly, they might be teaching us something along the way. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Now, coming back to the motherhood, right? Like you say, yeah. it is very difficult to, to you know, maintain the balance. Yes. Or say balance. More like how do you integrate this both, right? You're working you're basically working in a startup so you're fully occupied most of the time so how do you think that comes in together with your family oh you know Shalini I feel like people think that there's this thing called work-life balance especially if you're a mother and an entrepreneur there's no such thing I feel like every week I have to be aware of the different balls I'm dropping so there's this whole um saying right whether you're dropping plastic balls or whether you're dropping glass balls so you have to be very clear which ball you're dropping. So obviously, my relationship with my family, glass ball, uh, relationship with my husband, sometimes plastic, sometimes glass. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes work can be plastic ball. So I think also being kind, knowing which balls you're going to drop and also be conscious about it and also be aware and be kind to yourself. You know, you can't be a super mom or super boss or super friend all the time. So I think uh, what's important for me is actually I talk about team at work, but I also talk about team at home. I have a super team. I'm not going to lie. I have, um, I, I have only one nanny, but I have my mom who's so like supportive. She helps me out on weekdays. I'm also a super Nazi. Uh, my kids sleep by 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have limited TV time and they, 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 they eat their meals the same time every day. My kids don't see people after like, 7 p.m. because I just don't want them to catch up my nighttime regime. <laughs> so yeah, having a good team at home and having a good team at work is important for like working moms. That's that's really good one because you can't be doing everything, right? <laughs> you yeah. need a team, no matter it's a work or home. You need yeah. people to support you. And yes, I I yeah, continue. I have one more thing to say. I also feel like we have to fill our cups, especially with like working moms. Like we always fill everybody's cups first. And I realized that you have to find your little outlet, whether it's working out or going to like a sound bath session or going out with your girlfriends. We have to fill our cups at least full or half full. Then you can continue to pour for everyone else because we are constantly pouring for everybody else. Exactly. And you know, men are always pouring their cup. <laughs> we, we should as well. <laughs> like anytime when you get the chance, right? Exactly. So I really like that because uh, for me, I always look up to uh, women who, you know, not only really strive to become a, a good mom, but also want to have um, a name for themselves. Like, you know, you're not only known as a mother, but if you're not with your family, who you're known as, right? You have you can stand alone on your own. For sure. For I, sure. I, I, just I really, I'm, I'm, I'm always like curious, like, you know, how do you do it? How do you do it? So if I get a mother, then I'm like, okay, I need to like get on, get, hold on her so I can ask her as many days I could, right? <laughs> so now moving on to the next one, right? So as we see a lot of people now, especially youngsters, they want to start their own business and, you know, either as a, you know, as a creative person or start their own uh, ventures and all that. What would be your advice for them? I actually put aside three for you. My first advice is there are three types of people, okay? There are people that actually wait for opportunities. 
there are actually people that create their own opportunities and there are people that let opportunities go by. So you have to know what type of person are you. You have to be comfortable at taking risks. Uh, you talked about failure. You have to be okay with failure and see that true failures that are actually like yeses and growth opportunities. And I think always, like at the end of the day, always ask yourself, I, what value are you adding to your work and brand? Number two is actually going back to intentions, right? Be intentional and setting the direction of your, yourself and your day. Um, I realized that I was reading this book. It's called um, How to Have a Good Day. It's by Caroline Webb. And it talks about do not let the day control you. Your, your whole perception of the day can be controlled and you control the day, not the, not the day control you. So it's a lot about training your mind and being perceptive. Uh, number three, avoid burnout by knowing flow and app. I think last time people keep thinking that you got to be in flow. That means you got to hustle. You got to like keep on this momentum, but you actually have to listen to your body and realize that sometimes you have to rest as well. And understanding that rest is just as important as going into flow because if you don't rest you can't go uh, back to flow state exactly and i agree with you because i mean every time i also realize that you don't schedule your time but you schedule your energy because your energy is different each day each you know at different hours of the time some of them have high level in the morning some of them are you um, know the night hours so if you expect them to work at the time that they're not productive or energy is low and there's no flow in their work, I mean, in the way that they feel, um, you know, I think that's where you don't really put 100% in what you do. And I, I really like that you touched on that point because we, we have this notion that we have to follow how others are doing, but we have to set the mindset in a way that works for us. Okay, so the last question for you is that my favorite one is what? how would you define success? Because we always hear that successful person have these, have that, own these and own, you know, different things in their life. But now it has changed so much. Like uh, success is not anymore about just having something, but what you're doing with what you have. So how would you define it? I would define how your, the name of your podcast Okay, I actually my definition of success is passion, purpose, and paycheck, and I really believe that everybody can have that. Uh, I believe uh, that success means waking up every day, uh, being happy, and also being your most authentic self uh, to work. I think also being very clear of your motivations. Um, my motivations are not driven by money uh, or like financial success, but it's more of what sort of value that I can add. Uh, by being myself to my my family, my brand, and my community. So the three Ps, passion, purpose, and paycheck is my <laughs> definition of success, which is the name of your podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Somehow I meshed your your values with the mission of my with my with the name of my podcast because even I truly believe in passion. When I left my job to start something on your own, is the passion which drives me. But eventually, yes, we, we do something not only to create impact, but also make sure that we can live a comfortable life by not only following our patient, but also earning uh, and also creating impact. So thank you so much, Shamin, for joining and also sharing a very, very insightful, uh, you know, um, knowledge and feedbacks about how you have started Cult Creative. 
And uh, I really hope that more and more people will get to know about, uh, you know, what you're doing, your platform, so they can come on board together with you and support your team at the same time. So thank you so much. I really hope to speak with you again next time. Thank you so much, Charlene, for having us. Thank you.